Hey everyone, this is Josh Peak. I am the host of The Josh Peak Show, and today I have a very special guest. I guess I say that every time because all my guests are special, but this guy I've known for, I mean, gosh, well over a decade and a half, uh, probably going on two decades, and a uh, good friend of mine, Michael Hamburger. He's going to talk about his digital marketing company, and he's going to talk about his uh, successes um, and trials in uh, the network marketing and affiliate marketing space. Uh, he's he's a full he's just a he's an entrepreneur, great friend. Um, so you're going to really enjoy this podcast. I, I really I, I do know that. Um, a question that often gets an- asked to me is, what email service do I use uh, when building a list? And I'm doing it a little bit different these days than I have in the past. I'm using a chat bot, which I'll talk about later, that drives the majority. Uh, of my advertising um, results to my email list. But I use a company called AWeber. They've been there uh, for a long time, uh, one of the best. You know, deliverability rate is just amazing. Uh, and they just keep getting better and better. And so I use AWeber. Um, you can find that on my resources page at joshpeak.com. And uh, you can learn more about AWeber. So if you're going to build, if you're going to build any business, plumbing, electrical, uh, if you're a politician, if you're a digital marketing agency, whatever you are, hairstylist, you better be building a list. You better be building an email list. You better be also building a chatbot list, which I'll talk about in my next podcast. Um, so AWeber is who I use. You can go to joshpeak.com, uh, go to my resources page, and you'll find more information about it there. So enjoy this podcast with myself and Michael Hamburger. Uh, you're really going to enjoy it. Thank you. everyone, this is Josh Peak. Welcome to the Josh Peak Show. I'm your host, uh, where we bring in entrepreneurs, top producers, people that know how to make it happen. Sometimes we even bring on politicians. Um, and today is, is a, I'm excited about this one. Uh, this is a guy that I've known for a long time. Um, we both have been in the network marketing space, but now also we are in the, in the, in the same space and digital, as we own, we both own digital agencies. And, um, so I want to bring on one of my good friends, Michael Hamburger. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Fantastic, Josh. Thanks for having me out here. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad you're on. I mean, we, we talked last week and uh, haven't talked in a little bit. And you gave me a call. We went on for about an hour and we talked about, you know, what we're doing these days. And I think there's reasons why, you know, uh, talks and conversations like that happen. And then I said, hey, I want to bring you on my podcast. People need to hear you. You know, you've always been a top producer. It seems like everything you've been in or involved in, you, it seems like you always at some point end up close to the top or at the top. And so, um, so how, let me just start here. Um, you know, I know, I know your story. I know you've been in the Marines, you've been successful in business, but where did it all start for you? Like where, where were you born and raised and, and then how did you, how did you, you know, you got in the Marines, but then how did that, after that, how did you get into the business world? Yeah, right on. Well, let's say you and I go back to 2003 mm-hmm. together. That's when we first started talking because I was living in my hometown in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm born and raised in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after, after going off to the Marine Corps and going to college, I came back home to Atlanta. My wife and I were living in Atlanta and 
we got started with a network marketing company in, uh, in March of 03. In September of that year, we moved to California. And I know you and I started talking. So it's easy to timestamp back when I still lived in Atlanta. So sometime between March and September of 2003, you and I connected. And I've been, uh, been a lifelong friend since. But my first real endeavor into business, um, you know, I think back even prior to uh, getting out of college, getting out of the Marines, but I, I paid my own way to, through school and through college. And so I had lots of little businesses and anything I could do to, to you know, make, figure out a way to make money back then, whether it was starting a photography company in college or, uh, you know, having a little t-shirt business, just things that pay the bills and then went into the corporate world. I worked with some of those big three-letter telecommunication companies when there was a thing called long distance way back when, you know, your millennial audience will go long. What? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, I mean, it started back with MCI WorldCom and, and a company in that space and then got introduced to network marketing in 1998 by my then ex-girlfriend's older brother. And that ex-girlfriend and I have been married for almost 17 years now. So um, yeah, we broke up for a while. I saw her brother making money, jumped into a business with him had no results, quit. Six weeks later, I was out of that business. And then uh, five years later, got started in 03. And that's when you and I met. And we've been off to the races ever since. What a, what yeah. a, what a crazy ride it's been, too. Mm -hmm. No, it has been. I mean, we've uh, – and it's not like – I mean, things change in that end. Things, you and I were just talking a minute ago before we got on here. I mean, the new cycles and, and just – things change so fast and rapid today. I mean, it's almost like I, I don't even know back then it would have been, I mean, it's, it would, it's almost like it's pure chaos now. I mean, you know, you go off, you win a national championship as a football team. Well, in the next week they're talking about the AFC and the NFC championship. And then the, the following week or a week or two weeks, they're talking about the Super Bowl. That's, and it's just on and it's just, what's the next event, which you and I are kind of, you know, we're used to because in, in, in our line of business, you're always marketing to the next event. But I guess, uh, you know, if we had the technology today that we had then, what do you think? I mean, do you think we could have been more successful or do you think it would have been harder to focus? Both. And I think that you're leaving out one of the critical parts. I think it's our peers mm -hmm. and the people that came before us in marketing that created this, you know, half a second, half, half a second attention span. Because it's like, you know, look at this, buy my stuff. Here's something else. Buy my stuff. Do this. Look at this. Buy this. Do this. Click here. Submit here. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's funny you say this. I, I look back, right? I mean, I'm, I'm 47. I'll be 48 next month. You and I think about the same age, yep. you know, plus or minus a few years. When you and I were kids, there were three main networks, NBC, ABC, CBS. And then you had like the peripherals. And I grew up in Atlanta, which back then was kind of a smaller town than, than today. I know you're from Tulsa. You know, Atlanta back then is probably what Tulsa is today. And, you know, it was just, we, we got a, we, the same craziness was happening in the world, but our connection to it, we didn't have the, the access, right? Mm -hmm. Back then, Walter Cronkite read the news. He didn't give you his opinion. He read the news. This is what happened. This is what happened since the last time I was on here. This is the news. Good night. Now we have 24 hour access to the media. We have 24 access, 24 hour access to social media, to the internet. So things the, the cycles are happening like they were before, but they're happening at a faster pace. 
because there's more access to it now. So your question is, could we be successful? Josh, I've known you for a long time. You've known me for a long time. I'm willing to bet, given whatever the, whatever the environment is, that you would have success. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that I'd have success just because that's the, you know, the personalities we have. Now, until we get to that point, I think it, uh, technology is definitely the, the biggest driver. Um, until we get to the point where we become grandparents whose VCRs are still blinking at 12, Meaning the, meaning the technology's far surpassed our attention span or our, our, uh, our you know, application ability. Until we reach those points, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. But I when we not. get to that point, that, that line of demarcation where it's like, a, you know, it's that, oh, gosh, you know, that, that's those, those, the Facebook stuff, and I'm putting the on there on purpose, yeah. right? The Facebook yeah. stuff out there. You know, I got my dad on Facebook back in 09 because I was doing all my business on MySpace. And this new thing called Facebook was going to be the non-business side of me where my, my family on the East Coast could see my kids or my kid that was born, me being out here on the left coast in Arizona. So, yeah, long, long answer, short question. <laughs> well, no, that's good. And you made a good point. I didn't even think about that is the peers before us created that, you know, and not right or wrong. It's just it is where we're at. Um, you know, and so, uh, but that is interesting. You say that too on MySpace. That I probably had. That was probably my first level of online experience as far as having success. When I took YouTube, embedded a video on YouTube of me talking, and put it right in the middle of MySpace at the top. And so every time that someone would hit my MySpace page, that video would would automatically run, and then so then it would run it up in the search engines on YouTube and Facebook, and it was just. I was like, man, I'm generating leads like crazy, man. Like I. And when they start talking about Facebook, I'm like, I didn't even want to go to Facebook. I'm like, I want it. I don't want this to end. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was like, right. this was, things were way fun. good on MySpace. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Tom. Thank you, Tom. Right. Tom made me some money, man. I mean, it was, it was a good well, time. Before, so, before MySpace, there, there was a network called Rise. R-Y-E-D-E. That's where I met. That's where you and I met. That's where you and I met. And I was going to say, that's where you and I connected. That was a business networking page, which, probably would be, you know, back then a fraction of what LinkedIn is, but it was in mm -hmm. a different market. It was in that business focused market and whatever, for whatever reason that site just didn't make it. But that was for me that I met a lot of great people on that, mm -hmm. through that rise network. You know, I, I enrolled a guy in my business network back then, my network marketing company. I won't say his name because I'm sure you know him, but that, you know, went on to generate, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars in, in revenue for the company that I was with. So, you know, pretty cool to see the, the evolution of, you know, the interwebs and social media and how it all has come to play out. And, you know, here we are today, still playing in the same circles and, you know, learning new stuff as they come out. And, you know, I'm sure you're TikToking with the rest mm -hmm. of the guys are out there TikToking. Are you a TikToker? You know, I haven't spent a whole lot of time on that. It's funny because <clears throat> I took that, like, it was funny because Gary Vaynerchuk started talking about it. <clears throat> so I got in it early, did a little bit, not a lot. And then now it's just taken off. And I remember bringing that to my son. He's 15. And I said, hey, man, have you heard of this thing called TikTok? It's going to be huge. It's Gary Vaynerchuk's talking about it. He goes, are you serious? He goes, we've been doing that for months. Like, where, I mean, where have you been? <laughs> I'm going, are you? I'm like, okay. So that was my first, like, Oh man, am I getting old? <laughs> I mean, my kids been on it. They they know more about it than I do. And and I said, well, Gary Vaynerchuk said it's gonna be great. So we big. He goes, I don't know, man. People have been on it for a long time. Like it's and then so, and then it's just it is perpetuated. It's, it's it is big. 
it's like one thing I've learned is in, in businesses, I want to learn from other people who have already been there, done it, went through the cactus patch. And so when Gary Vaynerchuk or somebody says something, I'm at least going to examine it. You know, I'm at least going to examine it and put my, I mean, my, my personality and your personality and what we say, it's going to go across all mediums, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm not doing a lot. I mean, how about you? Uh, well, I have to tell you, I've not to, not to be braggadocious or anything, but I've been on TikTok for a long time. Mm -hmm. I logged into my phone, got, got on my phone one day and realized that I had TikTok on my phone. I didn't even know I put it there. And I was talking to my kids. I'm like, what's this TikTok stuff? They're like, dad, it's Musical.ly. Mm -hmm. We just rebranded yeah. it. So I, I was on this thing called Musical.ly because I have two daughters and I'm being a, you know, a, trying to be a responsible parent and, and being, being really present at what their, what their presence and footprint is on, on the socials out there and all the apps and you know, with the, the you know, challenges that our kids face today that you and I didn't have when we were their age. So I'm, a, I'm TikToking um, by accident, really. It was purely by accident. And if you go to my TikTok, you'll see that nothing has to do with business. It's me being a silly dad with some, mm -hmm. some daughters, and that's it. So I'm, I've missed the TikTok surge. I don't, I, you know, I've, I, we've got some clients we've put inside, uh, you know, TikTok or inside of, uh, Snapchat for some, some advertising stuff. But as far as me using it, I, I use it just to be a goofy dad. Yeah. Would you use it? <clears throat> Cause I mean, both of you, you know, both of us, we, uh, we, we have obviously been in the network marketing space and we'll talk about the, the uh, digital agency marketing here in a minute, but would you use that if you are going to try to recruit or if you're going to try to build, I mean, would you try to do it like probably not like we did MySpace or Facebook, but would you spend time on it today? Uh, driving traffic or trying to get an audience to, you know, to a certain place? Uh, yes and no. I think it really depends, Josh, on which audience I was looking to, to recruit or which, you know, I was trying to, uh, to market to. Mm -hmm. And so I think TikTok right now is really going to be that younger market. At least that's my vantage point. Mm -hmm. I know guys like Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk, and there's guys out there, as you mentioned, that are they're using it. Um, you know, I don't see, I don't see a, a boomer audience using TikTok. I don't see, you know, you and I, I think we're still called Gen X. I yeah. don't think Gen Xers are using TikTok unless we're trying to talk to a younger market. It's, you know, I go on TikTok, I see my eight-year-old daughter, you know, they're making videos and, and dance videos. And I, I see people in, in my circle here at Arizona and Scottsdale, they're in the mortgage industry. They're doing TikTok videos. I think it's a bunch of old people trying to be relevant. And, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mean want, I don't any disrespect. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use TikTok the way I'm using it. And, you know, I'm open to having my mind changed. Um, so you're answering the, ask the question. My direct answer yeah. is maybe. Mm -hmm. It depend on what, what my widget was and who, yeah. my, who my audience. You know, I was at an event a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I was one of the keynote speakers at this event. And so I'm backstage, I'm hearing these young people trying to tell the older generation how to recruit the young people. Like, wait a second. Isn't there enough? Do you have to be inauthentic to go right. and recruit a different genera generation? Or can you just be you and attract the right people or put the right ads, the right marketing, the right messaging, or might, you know, right, uh, you know, right, you know, parsing out who your avatar is. So I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm out of my element with TikTok right now. That's a good point though, because if you look at like, I mean, the easiest marketing case that you and I can look at is Donald Trump. I mean, 
I don't think he did anything different. Like his message has stayed the same. I don't think when he went to, you know, Detroit, Michigan, or if he went to, I mean, his message just didn't change. Like he, I think he personalized, like he talked about Detroit, Michigan. He talked about the auto industry and he talked about this, that, and the other that pertained to that, that group, but he didn't like change his message for if you're 70 or if you're 19, you know what I mean? And so you're right. Like, I don't think that, I mean, that is being inauthentic. If you're, well, here, you got to do this to go and recruit a younger crowd. I don't think you have to at all. Well, I look at, you know, I look at, I used to go to my grandmother in Atlanta. And this little German grandmother came to the States during World War II uh, to escape the Holocaust, right? So English was not her first language ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd go to her house and her VCR was always blinking 12. And for me, it was always, I'd walk in and I've always had a really good, um, uh, I've been able to adapt to technology, right? And so I'd walk in and the first thing I do is like, Oma, and she's German, I call her Oma, of course, Oma, let me fix your VCR so you can record your favorite musician, Julio Iglesias. Oh, would you do that for me, honey? And, you know, you could tell once the power went out by the time, next time I came there, because their VCR would be blinking 12 again. It reset mm-hmm. back then. Um, you know, different technology today, things pull the clock, clock down from all these other places. Um, you know, but I, you said Donald Trump. So, you know, I'm, I won't get political. It's easy yep. for me to do these days. Like, every, like everybody else, I have my opinion, and it's my opinion. One of the things that I, you said is he hasn't changed his message. And so I have friends who've sent me videos of, of our president long before he was even thinking of becoming president. His message today is in complete alignment with what he was saying back then. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 20, 30 years ago, a young Donald Trump, 20, 30 years ago, Oprah Winfrey was asking the questions, do you want to be president? You could do it. The same things he says today, about our politicians he was saying back then, where, what they were lacking, what he thought they should be stronger in, where we were weak, same message, different party affiliation back then, but the message is still the same. So, you know, the, the nice thing with the internet, what you and I can, is we can put, you know, I worked with, you're working with some politicians, I worked with a politician a couple of years ago, and I said, give me your long, everything that you believe in from the very beginning to the very end, ready, go. They told me their points on immigration. They told me their points on Second Amendment, on abortion, all the taboo. You're not supposed to talk about that outside of your home topics. And the person said, why? Why, you, why do you want me to tell you all this? I said, because you're going to have one message. And it's going to be congruent because you're going to be telling people the same story over and over and over and over again. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the different snippets from your long message and I'm going to show the relevant parts to the relevant audience. So, you know, you're going to talk about your second amendment, whether you're pro pro gun ownership or, or anti-gun ownership. I'm your marketing guy. My opinion doesn't have to be your opinion. My job is to get you eyeballs that appreciate yep. your stance on second amendment. My job is to get you eyeballs that resonate with your stance on abortion. My job is to get you eyeballs and hearts and minds on what your, what your thoughts are about immigration, right? So one message, but then we can parcel it up and have the different personas, different avatars where that message resonates. And so, you know, looking at Donald Trump, yeah, it's a different party 20, 30 years ago, same message. It's just, who does it resonate with today? That's a good point. Does that make you sense? Know, 
Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I'm sitting here thinking of marketing as we're talking. Like, here we have this uh, gun rally or whatever it is, anti-gun rally, I guess, in Virginia, right? Or West Virginia, it's Virginia, I think. <clears throat> I mean, if I'm a politician and I'm pro, or I'm second pro Second Amendment, I'd be running ads like crazy in that department. I mean, I mean, I'd be right in the middle of that. You know, I think people are just afraid to get involved. You know, and I'm just not. I mean, you and I both aren't. You know, and and um, you look at the ones that are winning now. Trump, Crenshaw, and Trump Jr. Even and some of these guys—they're just not afraid, man. I mean, they are—they are fearless. And, and but it's not a weird message either. It's a—it's a sound, solid message, but it stays consistent. And they're just not afraid to get out in front of, you know, like what you said, where the eyeballs are. And so, which brings me to the next, uh, the next question, and that is, since we've been in the home, the the network marketing space, home business space, whatever they want to call it. Um, if you're somebody like that's going to start a bit, like if you are going to start all over, <clears throat> start a, a network marketing company, a net, well, not a company, but a business, you're going to be a rep. How would you do it today? Like what would, and it's, that's kind of an unfair question because you have a lot of contacts and I have a lot of contacts, but, but I have to ask that. So if you were to start all over today in the network marketing space, um, what, how would you do it? How would you build? I would use the internet, whether I had contacts or not. Um, you know, my circle, let's just say that my circle is 2000 people. I don't know what the average number is. Let's just pretend the average number is 2000 people. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to run out of people I know regardless. So for me, knowing what I know and having the history that, that I've had in the space and seeing, you know, some of the, some of the trade winds that have changed directions, over the journey of almost 20 years for me, I would look at and say, okay, where's the, where's the audience? Well, the audience is on their phone today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, our phones today are what computers were 20 years ago. Um, our phones today are what telephones are, are you know, what the home phone was. And I've got kids and my wife's like, ah, oh, they're on the phone all the time because they both have, you know, cell phones. Right. And I'm like, well, we don't have a home phone. When I was your, when I was their age, I lived on the home phone and I, and I had as much freedom as the cord. You know, we had a 50 foot cord in our house so I could go almost anywhere. But mom, hang up the phone. I'm, like, I'm sorry. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, going, going back to your question, what would I do? I would, I really, I would look at where a business, uh, a business model that sold a widget. You know, I've sold products. I've sold opportunity. I prefer to sell products because they have a lot, lot longer lifespans. Mm-hmm. You know, get find somebody who finds a product that becomes irresistible. They just can't see themselves living without it, whatever that product happens to be. Um, I'd get a really good offer, create an, an amazing irresistible offer. Um, you know, and from there, I'd build the tools and assets I need to build those, whether it was a funnel, a chatbot, social media channel. Um, and then I'd go out and create a custom intent audience, you know, some running paid traffic. So for me, I, I evaluate businesses based on, uh, based on the, the, the opportunity of having the right eyeballs of people that I don't know. You know, I've had, the, I've had the opportunity at one time to work with the guy who was, at the time, the number one income in all of network marketing. Guy's a phenom. Everything he mm -hmm. touched turns to not even gold, but to platinum. Um, and, you know, looking at, uh, you know, looking at his model was, hey, if the person's in your phone and you won't call them, delete their contact from your phone because otherwise you're not serious. Well, I don't know if that's true. But for me, it's like, okay, instead of looking at my phone, let me go see what, what Mr. Zuckerberg, what kind of audience can he bring me? 
Let me go see what, uh, what Larry Page and his partner can bring me on Google. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of business models out there where there's products that Google and Facebook aren't going to let in. You know, there's, there's several of those right now. You can't, you can't advertise weight loss on Facebook because somebody somewhere got their feelings hurt by somebody asking the Internet in general, could you, lose five, could you afford to lose five pounds? Oh, my gosh, it hurt my feelings. Really? Um, you know, I, so for me, I look at it and go, okay, is there an, is there an opportunity and is there an audience? Because I can, I can put you know, some money into a really you know, smart marketing campaign and generate an audience unlike any, anywhere else. I don't have to stand on a, on a corner spinning a sign. I don't have to be the cheesy guy looking at a waiter saying, God, you did such a great job. Man, you'd be so good at my business. Not saying that that's not that doesn't work because it does, but how many times do I have to? How many restaurants do I have to go to? How many times do I have to put half a tank of gas in my car or dollars worth of gas in my car so I can talk to someone else at the gas pump? Um, Josh, I I studied martial arts as a kid growing up, Mm -hmm. and there was something that just really stuck with me. I know you were a uh, you know a grappler from the time that you were probably in diapers, you know, being one of those Oklahoma wrestlers out there. Yep. You know, you guys, you guys are a whole different mindset, but think about this. You know, in, in martial arts, I was taught it was easier to use someone else's energy than it was to try and use my energy, meaning uh, I look at it like business. And, you know, I, I grew up the number one money earner of a very large MLM company was my next door neighbor. He was also my football coach and his two kids played football with me. And that company's actually headquarters are not too, too far from you inside your state. It's all a thing. Yep company name. Yeah, I know right. who you're talking about. Um, very, very traditional company. So the number one money earner is my next door neighbor. The only thing that separated our two, our two properties was about 10 feet of woods, uh, of, of trees. And, um, and I rode to football practice with his son every day. So I saw that, right? And I look at it, I look at that business and, you know, it's just a, it's a whole different ball game than it is today. Right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a lack of belief. It was, a, it was for me, it was like looking at it going, you know, is there, can, can you create a true custom intent audience from it? Anyway, I'm going down a whole rabbit hole here. No, that's good though. It's good. I like what you're, I like what you're saying. I, I agree with you. Why? And that's, I hadn't even thought about that at that point. Like as much money as I'd spend on going, uh, getting gas, talking to people or going to restaurants and, and then, and, and putting, you know, you know, the, the food that I'd eat, if you add all that money up and put that take and said, I'm not doing that. I'm taking that money, putting it into a Facebook campaign. Cause here's the deal. Michael Hamburger could have a, maybe you can't do weight loss, whatever, but there's a way around. I mean, you could start a podcast and you could talk about weight loss on your podcast. Uh, you could probably run an ad to it talking. I mean, promoting you and your podcast, not even promoting weight loss, but talking about it. There's ways now we can use different technologies to do that. You build a huge, and, and you would, you, I know you, I mean, you'd have built a massive audience on a, on a podcast. There's no two ways about it, but then you'd have other people. Well, saying, I, well, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I had lots of train of thought there in a minute. The whole per, person reason I was telling you this is, you know, I, I looked at it, you know, if, if, if somebody's not looking for a home-based business and all of a sudden I walk up and I push them towards my business Hey, Josh, you've got to take a look at this. Mm-hmm. It's the next greatest thing. It's this thing that comes from somewhere in the world. And here's the story of why you need to buy it. And it's the only place you can find it. You're not looking for an opportunity. You just have to yep. be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And all of a sudden I come up and, and push you over sideways and say, take here, take a look at my stuff. But if I could put an ad and I could actually go look for these different data points, you know, the different personas 
somebody who's, you know, does this, 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 and this, and then they see an ad that offers a business, offers an opportunity, offers a product, or, 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 or the combination thereof, I've just taken somebody, it's like in martial arts. You know, if I'm standing somewhere and you push me, it's so much harder for you to push me than if I'm walking towards you and you just redirect my energy. You redirect my, the path I'm on. You know, if I, if I take a swing at you, you being a wrestler, you're going to probably do some kind of crazy wrestling move. You're going to shoot. You know, it might even be like a judo hip thrust or some, some sort. But you're taking my energy and you're using it against me. You're using it to your advantage. And marketing is no different. You know, if you're trying to push somebody to something they're not open to, they show up with arms crossed, not open, ready to pick you, ready to pick you apart. Hey, mm-hmm. we've all heard it. Hey, if, if the money was right, the time, time was minimal, or your options are, would you keep your options open? You've heard that so many times. I'm sure if somebody says that to you, either one, are going to laugh because it's so funny. You can't believe they're asking you that. <laughs> yeah. Or two, two, you're going, okay, what's he, what's he or she going to pitch me? Yep. But yet, if I was able to say something that would get just your attention online through a, an ad, a display, a pop, whatever it happens to be, a, a quick little video snippet, I pique your attention and you go, you know what? I want more information. Click. Now you're using your own energy and I'm just simply redirecting you to the, to the primrose path, which is that call to action, that irresistible offer that I got to do something else because this isn't working versus, you know, a pop-up, a pop-under. That's almost like pushing somebody that wasn't looking, in my opinion. Anyway, yeah, that, was yeah. the, that was the closure of my point. Well, I think that's right. Like, I've thought about myself, like, if I was ever going to do it again, I would use my podcast to do it. I would talk about – I mean, there's so much I can talk about and, and, get a, and, and create a, a good message. And, I mean, I'm seeing people today do it in a sense. Like, no one I – think, I think certain people, they, they know about podcasts, but they don't know how to start them. They think there's too much work involved or whatever, but I'm watching some of the best networkers today that are driving people to a Facebook group, which, I mean, this has been going on for years, but driving people to a Facebook group, educating them, and then takes them to a customer Facebook group. And then if you're going to be a business builder, they take them to a business builder, Facebook group, whatever. But they're creating what you and I read. You know, I'm sure you probably read the book Tribes, maybe, uh, from Seth Godin. Well, that's all he was talking about is building yeah. tribes. That's, that's all these people are doing within a Facebook group. And I think what it just comes down to is a lot of people create using, you know, and utilizing um, the internet and, and building their brand at the same time, then driving them to this one certain location. Um, and really sometimes, I mean, that could be the tail that wags the dog. I mean, there could be such a large group in these things that it's not the network marketing company doing it. It's, it's people doing it, you know? So that gets interesting. I mean, we live in interesting times, I guess, when, when we talk that, you know, we talk the internet and, uh, and marketing and then how to build a network marketing business. I mean, I'm sure there's still people having hotel meetings and still doing whatever. I'm not saying those are irrelevant. I think sometimes you've got to get in, you know, in front of the, look what Eric Worre's doing. I mean, he's doing it. It's huge. You know what he's doing. Um, so, so anyways, it's just on my mind. It's one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like, you know, if you're going to do it today, how would you do it? And that's a good point too. You said find a product that's basically addictive you know, that they can't live without. Um, that's interesting. So where do you see, like, what do you see the problem in network marketing today? Like, what do you see as, um, I mean, I've been out of it for what, three years or so. And so I, I see, I have my, I have my opinions when I look at it. I'm like, gosh, did it, would I ever want to do that again? But then I see people having a massive success with it. 
do you think that there's a bottleneck? I mean, do you think it's a leadership problem from the top of these companies? A lot of them, like they don't know how to run companies, uh, a bunch of their leaders. Do you think it's products? Do you think, what do, what do you think the, the negatives of network marketing is? Well, you're opening up a wormhole. <laughs> I, I think it's important first to know, first to know that I'm not building a check anywhere. You know, I've, I've yeah. been a distributor. When you and I met those three, we were, we were distributors. You were doing traditional MLM. I was doing yeah. a, a bigger ticket MLM and, and, uh, you know, we were both trying to recruit each other, but we did it with dignity and class, right? We, yeah. never, we never peed on the other person's parade. Um, you know, I think that a lot of what the challenges that I see right now, again, I'm not building a check. I went from a distributor to corporate, from corporate to ownership, back to corporate, back in the field. I mean, been doing this almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been around the industry, and I still serve a lot of great clients in the industry. Um, I can tell you what I see is some of my clients what some of their challenges are before they show up on our doorstep is they're stuck in the those famous last words. Well, we've always done it this way. Yeah. Yeah. What worked for us in the past is this. And you know, when, when, when people started, you know, in the first MLM companies, there wasn't an internet. Al Gore hadn't invented it yet. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you look at, you look at, uh, you know, the legends that are out there, the Dexter Yeagers, they didn't have cell phones or our smartphones. They may have had a cell phone, you know, but it was attached to the car and had a little whistling antenna on the back. Right? Yep. Um, you know, but as, as tools have changed, as, as, you know, different um, resources have changed, some companies are stuck in that. We've always done it this way. So we're always going to do it this way. Um, you know, there's, and I think companies have to remember that uh, the internet and smartphones, Steve Jobs, when he, when he brought out the iPhone, changed it, changed everything. You know, when you look at old Star Trek videos, we're holding those communication devices now. I'm talking to you on mine right now, my iPhone right now. You know, my mom died in 89. She came back today to see the differences between 89 and today, which is, what, uh, 31 years ago. I mean, it's crazy to see the differences in technology. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, companies have to look at things that now they didn't have to before. The access to things are different. So I think as a company, you need to make sure that you're absolutely locking down those first two pages of Google results. Best place to hide a dead body is the second page of Google. Nobody looks there. I mean, it's a joke, but you know, really I'm, we, we suggest to customers that, you know, you can't get rid of something on the internet. Josh, you and I know that all too well, but you can suppress it by pushing it down in the ranks and putting more relevant things up. You want to see somebody who understands, what it's like to own that front page result. You've already said his name. I've said his name, Gary Vaynerchuk. Very yep. polarizing guy. Very polarizing. You either love Gary and he's the hustle, hustle. I don't give a fuck. We got to hustle. And that's, that's his language, not mine, right? Yep. Um, that's Gary. You know, he's in an Uber telling you how he's hustling. You either love him or you don't. And he's got lots of haters and lots of fans. And you look at, uh, you look at guys, you know, in, in, in our space of network marketing that don't have that same attention to detail and the front page, they may be the greatest guy, but they don't understand the value of search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. You look at, uh, look at Ty Lopez, real famous internet marketer. He's the, the YouTube, you know, the king of YouTube right now. He understands their front page value. He understands that and has lots of properties and assets. So I think network marketing companies, um, you know, they, they put all their dollars and marketing dollars back to the field. Where I see that they could make some changes would be have some, some online irresistible offers. Um, if I'm a company owner, I'm going to have one 
main Google co-op that, uh, that I'm hiring a, an expert team like the team that we have um, to run that because that way I'm not driving up the cost of, uh, of dollars or letting, letting competitors come in and, uh, and really kind of play some of the games that, that we see people playing. Yep. I'd make sure that my team have all the, all the marketing tools available um, so that I can control it. You know, I did some consulting with a company that's here in Arizona a few years ago, and I had the, I had the fortune to actually spend some time with them um, at an event in Hawaii with all their, all their top echelon uh, team you know, recruiters, their distributors. And one thing that was really impressed me was every piece of swag, every hat, every t-shirt that was not put out by the company had a compliance ID number hidden on the hat, hidden on the shirt, hidden on the koozie or the cup with the straw, whatever, right? You know, you've been to these events. It's like, you know, swag, swag gallery galore. Everybody's yeah, rocking yeah. Their, their company gear. But it was, it was that fine attention to detail, that fine tooth attention to detail where everything had to go through compliance. And so we look at things that are, you know, from our vantage point, coming from network marketing, still serving that industry, I've got a partner who's made a lot of money in network marketing, started and sold companies successfully in the space and has been a top distributor as well. And so we look at things always from a compliance mindset, like, you know, there's enough people doing this, the company's going to get those three-letter knock on the doors, which costs freedom and money. We don't want those guys showing up. You know, um, so, you know, I think SEO is important, having the right tools is important, keeping, keeping your volunteer army in compliance is important. There's always that rogue guy that's out saying somewhere or something, this, this cures this, and you regrow your arms and blah, blah, oh, yeah. blah. We've heard all the craziness out there. Um, you know, so SEO, having a congruent paid strategy, having the right tools, um, and then getting people on lockstep so the message is uniform. Do you and, see many companies doing know, I, that? Do you see most companies doing that, though? I mean, I, I don't – the companies I've talked to, I don't even think they look that far down the road. Like, they don't even understand what a, a, a co-op campaign is. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, there's, there's yeah. some. I mean, heck, that, that's my job, I guess, is to help educate these guys because mm -hmm. they're my potential clients of what we yep. do today. Um, and so, yeah, there's some. Um, I, I don't really kiss and tell, so I won't tell you who yeah, is yeah, doing yeah. it as far as our, our clientele. Um, you know, you, you know, the deal, high school drama and check with a comma, they just don't work together. So it's easier mm -hmm. for us just to have really tight lips and not talk about yep. our clients. Um, but you know, I, I've seen a lot of guys do it. I've seen guys come to the table that we've talked to that chose not to do it. And we've seen some of the challenges that have come by turning the blind eye. Uh, you know, there's, you, you just, it's, you can see it when you've been doing this long enough, you can see the potential train wreck getting ready to happen. Like if you don't change something, yeah, yeah. May not be today, coming. may not be tomorrow, but you know that 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 sound, that's the train coming, and you're on the track. So um, I got ten, I got know, about ten, I got about I got about ten minutes yeah. with you here. So I got two questions, and then we will ta uh, taper it off here. The first one is, I sat down with a client, you know, a company I know very well, and there, and and so this goes right into what you do, your business today. Uh, you and I both, we we're in this space in different areas, but and hopefully we're getting ready to start working together on, on some things, but setting, if you've got a client that comes to you, okay, and I've had this, and they're like, hey, I, I get it, I see social media, I understand search engine optimization, I see all these things, but you know, all, the only thing that matters to me is the phone ringing, that's it. 
what do you say to a client like that? That that's all they see is the phone ringing. The pressure from the owner is on the CEO or say there's an owner. I just want to see growth. I don't care about the social media and all this other, you know, this, that, and the other. So what I'm saying is they're not, they're not seeing the value of a brand. They're not seeing those assets like you're talking about. They're focused just on the phone ringing. That's all they care about. Are they missing the, they missing the big picture? I would say yes, but at the end of the day, my client just wants the phone to ring, sir, what ma'am, what is your budget? And we, we break it down. So it's math. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, marketing is math. If you see marketing as an expense, I don't want to work with you. If you see exactly. marketing as an, as, a, as an investment, you're my ideal potential client. And so if I've got, you know, who's say Johnny client here that wants the phone to ring. Okay, Johnny, what's your, um, we're going to really you know, dig down to make it a math equation. Johnny client, what's, what's your product sell for? What's your cost of goods? What's your profit? Perfect. Now I know, I know some basic numbers and then I'll say, okay, what, what is, what's your CAC? What's your client acquisition cost? What are you willing to pay to get a client? So we've got a client that it's, they've got a $90, $90 profit between their cog and their cost of goods and their retail product. And then it's okay. Look, you've got a $90 profit of that 90. How much can I spend to acquire a customer? So if I come back and say, Hey, it's going to cost me, $30, $30, basically the $30 is how much my lead, my lead cost is going to be, or my client acquisition cost is going to be, it cost me 30 bucks to get you a $90 client. So every time I do that, you make $60. Johnny client, how many, how many $30 bills do you have? Probably as many as you have in your wallet and you're going to keep pouring more back into it because 90 is three times bigger than 30. And if that's what you're true, you're covering your cost of goods, you're covering your marketing, you're covering all the things and there's a true upside. You know, I'd probably focus Josh on accomplishing that mission first and then coming back and saying, Hey, by the way, you know, right now it's, it's for $30. I'm getting you a $90 client. If we were to invest a couple, you know, a couple you know, projects here um, and really start working on your social media, we're going to be more efficient we're going to be able to get that brand voice out. There'll be a little bit more brand recognition potentially. We might have more collateral, more content. We might be able to drive your CAC down a little bit more. Yep. And we might be able to get a bigger yield actually out of, your, out of your, your ad spend budget, your marketing budget. So, you know, the way that you phrased it, I'm always going to, going to say, hey, you know, we got to talk about social media. We, we offer that, that total management. A lot of times companies don't do it because they don't know how to or they're not willing to make the investment or they don't have people that understand it or they don't know what the value, the true intrinsic that, that, value that's is what, going That's to be. what it is right there. I don't think they can put a dollar amount on it. They're like, okay, what is this getting me? What is social media really getting Social media, it's free. I don't know, it's not. It costs you everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and, that's, and that's, a good, that's a good point. Cause a lot, and, and that's almost what I talked to them about is like, look, I mean, you have no idea you know what you're missing out from a social media standpoint, but if, but that's what you're wanting to run is a Google ad campaign to a website, to a Twilio number to get the phone ringing and it's costing you this amount and you're, that's all they, a lot of times that's all they see. That's all they're like, okay, let's get my phone ring. I get that part, but how do we get our, you know, but they don't understand how a chat bot, for example, um, you know, how a chat bot can come into play to drive them their phone to ring. Cause there is, there's many ways to use a chat bot to be able to do that. Um, so I guess that's absolutely, I guess that is the, the issue, but it's an issue, but it's an opportunity. I know you and I will see that. 
it's an issue, but we just got to see it. Like, that's an opportunity. Now, I can't put a dollar amount on social media, Josh. I don't know. Like, how are we, how do we know what that's bringing? Like, if we're spending 2,500 a month for that, like, how do we know? Like, you know, we're just looking at bottom line. That's all we're looking at. And we look at social media, we don't know what that brings in. Yeah, you see what I mean, I'm it's, it's, again, it's, it's ever changing. Cause look, the cost of Google is going up every day. Yep. Facebook is considered, is considered uh, even on the, on, the, on the paid side is discounted compared to Google. You know, it's disruptive versus intent. But you know, the social, the social piece is so, so important because it can go viral and that costs you nothing to go viral. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I went to an event on Friday night, uh, a former police officer in Tucson did a video. That video has been seen by millions and millions and millions of people created a brand from it. It kind of goes back to that same thing. So what, they don't see the value in the brand. Well, I think that's very short-sighted, and I think that, that you know, we can make that phone ring. But, um, again, going back to it, I'd go in and, and probably go in if they were that staunch and stuck, and I just want the phone to ring and, and you know, leads to be called. I'd go in that way, get a result, and then say, oh, by the way, you know, now, that, now that I've earned your trust, and you see that you know, I've been able to accomplish what you asked for, let me show you here. And I call it an experiment. Let me, let me give me a $2,500 a month experiment so I can start building your social media. Give me a year commitment to it. And let me, uh, let me show you there's a true value a year from now. If you don't see it, you'll never hear from me. Say it again. Yep. That's good. All right. Well, we have short time here. I know you gotta, uh, you gotta get on another call. Um, so just real short. I mean, what is, what are you doing these days? Like what are, I mean, obviously your focus, you have a digital agency, you've got some of the best talent working with you. Uh, you know, who are your, who are, who is your ideal client or you may not even have one, just anybody can be your client, but what do you, what are you doing these days? Yeah. So we, we are, we do a bunch when it comes to, uh, we, we work still a lot in the direct sales space. That's my background, yep. my partner's background. We also work very heavily in the, in the medical space. We're doing a bunch in some of the, some of the fringes. So we work with a ton of cannabis and CBD companies. Um, I just see that as a huge emerging market. It's kind of a, kind of a capped and closed uh, opportunity for when it comes to advertising, but we do a lot of SEO. You know, we, we, we've helped some of the bigger brand names in some of the spaces, you know, here, you heard of the company, Jewel, my partner moved the needle yep. for those guys from, you know, just big, big numbers. And so we do a lot of SEO today. Um, you know, it's not really the, the we're not really a niche down uh, agency. We work with guys and so we've just got such a broad, uh, broad, you know, focus and just getting results for people in a ton of spaces, you know, so everything from politics to cannabis to real estate to MLM and direct sales to regenerative medicine. It's, you know, for us, it's people that want to move the needle and that aren't, aren't scared to actually create their own, you know, their own ecosystems in the, in the digital side. I love it. Just trying to well, keep it easy for people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, and, and we could maybe talk some other time. I'd like to have you on again because uh, there's so much like there's a ton of questions when I'm listening to you talk. I, I have a, a ton of questions that just popped up. I'm like, I only have a certain amount of time. So um, I'd love for you to come back on again, but it was, it was good having you on, Mike. And um, I appreciate, appreciate talking to you every time we get to talk. I learn a lot from you and, um, you know, hopefully – I add value to your life as well. But every time I talk to you, I get a ton of value. And, uh, and I'm sure that everybody listening to this podcast did as well. What's, it, what's the best way if someone wants to get a hold of you on, say, social media or wherever? What's, what's the best place for people to connect with you? 
Well, I'm probably the only bald Michael Hamburger you see on social media. <laughs> uh, and there's, there's like 31 Michael Hamburgers. I thought I was all by myself. I was this man with a great name on an island. And uh, thanks to Facebook, I know there's 31, at least there was a few years ago, 31 Michael Hamburgers. So I'm the bald Michael Hamburger in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I own a company called Easy, and that's E-Z-Z-E-Y. You can see us on all the, all the socials out there, Easy, E-Z-Z-E-Y. And um, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me there. Or um, you want me to give out a phone number? I can do that too if you want. Yeah, you, I, I don't care. I mean, either way. Cool. 877-79-EASY. And that's E-Z-Z-E-Y. 877-79-E-Z-Z-E-Y. And I'm always happy to help your, your audience, Josh. You're, you're one of the good guys out there. One of the reasons I think you and I have been, been staying in communication and masterminding together for almost 20 years and, you know, I've had you in my home. Obviously, I think very highly of you there. So I'd love to help your guys. And as, as you and I were discussing today, we've got some cool things between the two of us brewing and cooking up and looking forward to coming back out here. Let me know when you want me to come back out and I'll definitely make time to uh, join you here on the Josh Peak Show. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. That was Michael Hamburger. And um, again, this is the Josh Peak Show. I hope you guys have a great day and you've learned a lot from this, uh, this podcast. Thank you. And uh, Mike, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Thanks, Josh.